Yo, 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 want the Rambling Viking to go? Name that restaurant jingle. Well, it's not technically a jingle, but they say it at the drive-thru. Um, send in your responses. I'll, if I remember, I'll mention it at the end of the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Rambling Viking Podcast, another NFL edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. So, uh, this week, the NFL and this episode subsequently get derailed thanks to... The uh, who I would say is the <laughs> officially never going to play in the NFL again, uh, Colin Kaepernick, the former quarter NFL quarterback, and but always still um, outspoken activist and martyr. Um, both of those things I use the terms I use very loosely. Well, before we get into all the pick fun. Let's uh, talk a little bit about this whole saga. So I know last week they had scheduled the the workout and everything, and I said I feel like this is kind of I feel like on the NFL's part this is a PR thing to so they can say oh we gave him a chance and he didn't take it. Um, and you know I thought I honestly thought it was going to play out. I thought he was going to go to the workout. You know, I thought he was going to do some stuff, and, and, you know, I actually, I naively thought things might go kind of well. Well, they couldn't have gone wilder. Last minute, as in, like, night before and day of, night before, he, so, first of all, some demands he makes. Uh, give some full context. This is going to be at the Falcons facility, their training facility. They were going to have official NFL personnel. They were going to use the Falcons production video crew to get film and footage, send it off to all 32 teams, all 32 owners, yada, yada, yada. They had 25 confirmed teams. I think it was going to be at like 3 p.m. Eastern on last Saturday. And like it was, you know, everything was going to go great, right? And they were, he was going to come in. He was going to do his workout. There, it was a closed uh, tryout, which means there was no media availability. So it was going to be a private thing. This apparently concerned Colin Kaepernick. We'll jump into that in a minute. Um, but they sent off uh, waivers, all that stuff. Well, Colin had some demands because he thinks, always thinks that he has, continue, continues to think he has some sort of leverage and bargaining power, even though he does not as an unemployed non-member of the NFL currently. Sure, um, this kind of goes back to his collusion uh, gr- suit that he filed, which I read a super long article on that yesterday, so I'll touch on that a little bit. Um, albeit, I think that is sort of ridiculous, um, but in and of itself. But nonetheless, we'll start with the tryout. So he comes back and he says, uh, yeah, can I use my own receivers? Yeah, sure. That makes sense. It's going to be, you don't want to come in with randos you have zero chemistry with, albeit that could be telling if you could kind of sync up with some guys, come out and throw some, that would really show like, ah, you've, you, you've got something there. Now, if it went bad, people would question it maybe unfairly. And so it's like a little bit of a double-edged sword, but risk reward, you know? Well, then he says, I want to use uh, Nike's camera crew. And I think they actually agreed to that. They said, okay, fine. You can use your own camera crew. You can have your own receivers. Uh, but they sent off this waiver on like Monday or Tuesday and said, hey, we need you to sign this liability waiver. Um, of course, it's stupid extensive because the NFL, there's an article too comparing this. Um, I'll touch on that in, in a second. Uh, I'll probably have to link all of these. 
yes, I'm feeling lazy, but I, I should be able to find these and link these so you can read the articles for yourselves. But anywho, they send him a waiver that he has to sign and send back and all that good stuff. It's extensive. It's like 1,200 words. And the it was either the night before or morning of, so either Friday night or Saturday morning, he sends back a completely different waiver that him and his team drafted up that is signed that according to the NFL did not meet their requirements and did not cover everything they wanted to cover. And so (laughs) therein that kind of voided his participation in the workout. But if that wasn't enough, he also came in on, I don't remember if it was Saturday morning or early afternoon, but said, Hey, I want media availability, so I'm actually, uh, there's this high school 60 miles away from here, which is over an hour drive, since it's Atlanta, and we all know how that traffic is. Um, there's a high school, and we're actually going to do the work out there, because I want media availability. I want it to be available. I want it to be seen. I want full transparency. He didn't say it like that, but that's basically the message he's getting across. Is, and I mean, what you're seeing here is kind of a mutual distrust, like the NFL... I think don't fully trust him. They have a right to, and he doesn't fully trust the NFL, which I think he maybe has a tiny bit of right to, but I think he's really just being uh, more of a diva than anything because, once again, I come back to the fact this dude was not an amazing quarterback. Shut your mouth. I don't care what his statistics were. He was not an amazing quarterback. All right? Same flaws. He was a... Struggled read progression, deep ball accuracy, not the arm strength, but the accuracy, overthrows, underthrows, things like that. Dude wasn't amazing. And now he's uh, 32, so he's starting that back half of his career. I know quarterbacks have a little bit more longevity, but it just depends, and he hasn't been in the league. Well, so this happens, and apparently still like, I don't know, 19 or 20 teams still made it to this workout, but the NFL released this whole statement like they're disappointed, like we tried to play ball, this was getting, this was an official thing, it was a thing, and then you just go haywire, you just go crazy girl on everybody, and like, no, nah, I want this and this and this, when it needs to be here and all this stuff, and it's like, dude, who do you think you are? You don't work for the NFL, you currently don't have a job in the NFL, and it, it, it's really purely based upon the fact that you are a bit of a headache to deal with for 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 really completely non-football reasons and and people say yeah that's not worth your talent we'd rather have i don't know slightly less good quarterback with none of the drama than have you which at this point being three years out now say he's even that good how do we know I'm not sitting here saying he's going to come and be total trash, but come on, there's got to be some rust. You can stay in shape, you can keep working out, but nothing is going to fully simulate that game flow, knowing the playbook, going through highs, like getting back in the groove of you're out there, you're, you're having to make check downs, you're having to, you're having to call audibles, switch things around, you're, you're moving at that fast pace, dealing that, like it's not, it's not going to be the same. So... Anywho, he goes to his workout, and then at the end, he makes this big, long speech about telling them they're not scared. We're ready. We've been ready. Yeah, you, you're, you're quote-unquote ready, but then when you get a legitimate opportunity, you throw a hissy fit. You know what that says to teams? Oh, he, so he's just going to come in and cause problems, make demands like he's entitled to something. Nah, no thanks. There's, we'll find some other talent because that's you – know, frankly, the teams don't have the time – or the care to deal with that, you know, and 
in this article talking about their waiver differences, basically his waiver was only 228 words and it was less specific, more general because, uh, and then I will say this guy seemingly gave it a kind of fair shake. He ended up saying there wasn't any real difference between the NFL and the, and Collins waiver. I would say the big difference there is specificity, the level of specificity. And in my very limited and non-official knowledge of like legal documentation, especially waivers of liability, indemnification documents, things like that, you have to be overly specific. You have to cover all your bases and the bases in the stadium down the street, plus the ballpark uh, back home in the town where you grew up, just to be sure. And that's really what the NFLs was doing. They think there was some overlap with he wouldn't be able to prove any sort of con- collusion. It would undermine his, his uh, collusion settlement he reached, which the settlement has been reached. Nothing's going to change there. Uh, he got paid, and that's fine. It's going gonna, it's gonna to overshadow that or undermine that. It's going to undermine that, um, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they said it also possibly dipped into the realm that, like, he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, have a potential lawsuit or he couldn't make a grievance, you know, if he were to be employed, he couldn't help hold anybody liable for injuries, which I think is probably in most guys contract anyways, because it's like, uh, the, uh, Oh crap. I just lost the term inherent risk, basically assumed risk, assumption of risk that comes with playing football. It's like, I could die. I could break my neck. I could be, um, I could be paralyzed. Yeah. I could be debilitated. I mean, there was a whole CTE scandal, as we know with concussions that is now being deal with. But nonetheless, uh, after reading through, that was a very lengthy article breaking down piece by piece the waivers and things like that. And the, the author came to the conclusion that like Collins was sufficient. However, here's the thing. whether it's sufficient or not, you're trying to apply for this job and this is the standard that the job sets for you and you say, no, here's what I'm going to give you. Like It's like if like, hey, we need a resume and a cover letter and covering X, Y, and Z. And you say... Here's a resume and cover letter, but I'm going to cover A, B, and Q. Is that because I don't trust you? You know what the employer is going to say? Okay, well, that's not what we asked for. So you, uh, A, seems like there's a couple problems here. Maybe you have a problem with authority. You have a trust issue. You, uh, <laughs> you, you have some entitlement issues. And, uh, you know, most importantly, can't follow instructions all right, thank you, next, no interview for you. Like, that's how that goes, right? Am I right or am I right? But because there's some sort of social justice tension here, he's getting, first of all, all this preferential special treatment, which is which annoys me that it's like you're already getting preferential, and, and it just shows, like, if you haven't seen Stephen A's clip following this up where he just rants and rails on Colin, which I was surprised, and he says, you don't want to play, you just want to be a martyr. I 100% agree, and I think this pr- proved that to a T. Colin Kaepernick does not really care about getting back to the NFL. He cares about making headlines, getting... Because you know what? He had fallen out of the narrative this season. He was not a part of the narrative at all. He's fallen out of the narrative completely. So this platform that he sacrificed to make his social stand is now really gone. Nike gave him another one, but all in all, he's fallen He's fallen out of the, the storylines. And I think this is kind of a way that he got back into the... Got back into the mix, getting some headlines, all that stuff, making waves. But what is he really saying? Nothing. He's just saying he's a victim and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so to touch on the collusion thing, another good article about the collusion settlement, and it was within the article covering the waivers. Basically, and I wasn't fully aware of this, so basically I think in this, uh, 
the early part of 2019, maybe it was 2018, but they, they came to a settlement. So he had filed a suit for collusion against the NFL, and the NFL eventually settled. Now, there's speculation that they feared that it, for PR reasons, plus also the fact that the judge ruled in favor of um, – he saw that there was sufficient evidence to move this to the next step of the court process, which I think is being in front of, seen in front of a jury, which means like certain things of the, the depositions would be, would be sent out, then um, – would would be made public knowledge, and I think really the NFL just said, yeah, we don't want that. We'll just pay this guy off then and put a bunch of NDAs, put all this info behind lock and key and call it a day. And that's what they did, and Colin accepted. Now, reading this, reading about it, though, what I came to find is that, like, sure, he got in the green light. By no means is, is there proved collusion. Uh, according to, I don't remember all the terminology, so you can read it yourself, but according to this article, and they were talking about the legal jargon, jargon and stuff, I do understand that like, when there's a heavy burden of proof, when the, when the standard to have, say, in this instance, collusion against the NFL to kick him out of the league, his standard of proof, his burden of proof that he had to reach was extremely high, had to be extremely specific for, for him to actually win the case and then convince the jury. And honestly, I don't think maybe look, the NFL might have saw some writing on the wall and be like, maybe this could work out. But I mean they've taken they've taken Tom Brady, they've taken it lists several other cases they took Ray Rice, where they take people to federal court. Like the NFL's not scared of like, let's do this, let's battle this out in court. But I think for this reason, I think I think honestly they were probably just tired of Kaepernick and like, look, we'll just give you we'll just give you like twenty million dollars or something like that. And or I don't know however many million they gave him six million whatever they gave him they gave him some millions of dollars and was like let's just let's just lock and key this we don't need to drag this out and you know I think there's some truth to suppose that hey maybe there was some maybe there was something that possibly could have pointed to it but that was step A in like an M number of steps you know like you had to that hoops that he that Colin and his uh, crew were gonna have to. We're going to have to hop through and prove and have real, real strong evidence and proof for to be able to fully win the collusion case. And so really, I mean, after reading both those articles and looking at the situation, this is just one giant debacle. Uh, I see it as an attention grab for Colin Kaepernick. I don't think he's going to get signed by any teams. One important piece of evidence that I maybe had mentioned in the last podcast when leading up to the workout was just talking about how he had apparently last this last offseason met with Seattle, and they, they just interviewed him. He, so in the course of two years, three years now being out, uh, he's gotten one interview with Seattle, and I, apparently they asked him if he would still kneel, and he said yes, and so they said, thank you for your time. We're out because they don't want to deal with the headache. And really that's what that comes down to is you're just the cost-benefit analysis here. The, the cost is higher than the benefit with getting Colin Kaepernick on your team. And honestly, it looks like he really wouldn't want to play ball with anything. He, he can't even play ball with basic liability waivers with the NFL. How do you think he's going to cooperate once he's on a team with all those ins and outs and things like that? It's going to be – it's it, you want to talk about a locker room debacle. But anywho, that's enough about that. Like I've already given him too much lip service. I just wanted to point out the ridiculousness of this. So let's jump into talking about – my bounce back week on my picks I went from six points in week 10 to 
12 points, doubled it in week 11, and I'm actually hot on the tails of the, the two leaders who are tied right now in my pigskin pick them, both at 106 on this year, and I'm at 103, which is the closest I've ever been to the top. So if I can really capitalize week 12, I think I can maybe catch up a little bit and we'll be good to go. So it started off pretty weak this week. Whoops. With the Thursday night game, so I thought the Steelers' defense was cool, but then I, when I flipped on the game and the Browns are winning, uh, and then I saw that James Conner was out, Juju Smith was out, and Mason Rudolph was playing like total trash, I said, oh, crap. And so the Browns, woohoo, got another win, uh, putting them at 4-6, and six, doing big things. Uh, still the Browns, folks. They won 21 to 7. Uh, the Steelers are struggling right now, dealing with a lot of injuries. Defense is still good, but uh, that was an upset <laughs> that only 32% of people got right. I was not one of them. And then, of course, first things first, at least on this pick list Falcons, Panthers. What the crap, Falcons? That's all I have to say about that. What the crap? What the actual crap? Who do you think you are going and not just beating teams like good teams right now, the last two weeks, but absolutely trouncing the Panthers? What in the actual crap happened? 29 to 3? Are you kidding me? So, 87% of people, including me, picked the Panthers, who thought was the obvious choice here. And total bust. Uh, on a fantasy note, picked up the running back who filled in for Devontae Freeman, and he did absolutely nothing. He was a total bust and pissed a lot of people off in fantasy who picked him up on waivers, but that's neither here nor there. So, right off the bat, two big surprises. So, I was like, here we go. It's going to be another long week. But then the Bills came through and beat the crap Dolphins 37 to 20. So, that felt good. Got that one right. Um, this one, of course, next one's always a mixed feelings. Dallas Cowboys beat Detroit Lions 35-27. to I went with my head, not my heart on this one. Good thing I did. 89% of people picked the Cowboys to win. They kind of handle business. They're looking good, uh, which is pissing me off. So I need, just can't wait for them to tank these last few weeks. It's really what I need and can't wait for. Minnesota Vikings and Denver Broncos. Closer than it should have been. 27-23 with 97% of people picking Minnesota. Minnesota barely squeaked this one out. Looking forward to possibly seeing Minnesota really be uh, another letdown down the stretch here in the back half of the season. So be on the lookout, folks, for a Kirk Cousins debacle just to totally fall apart and melt. But I got that one right, so feeling real hot. Oh, man. Are you serious? Hold on. I just realized I just did a quick scan. Those first two games that I that I upsets that I didn't pick right, after that I got every pick right. Holy crap. I'm a wizard. Anyways. Then next up we had Jags at Colts with Nikki Foles being back. Uh, shout out to him. He actually had a really interesting article on his faith and getting through this injury through NBC Sports. One interesting note is they didn't capitalize when they were quoting him, they didn't capitalize God, which is kind of funny. Uh, to me, because in the sense that he was talking about it, he was kind of talking about the divinity, God, cat, big G, but they did little G, but that's that's totally off topic. But check it out if you're interested in uh, learning a little bit more about Nick Foles, the person who uh, the more I learn about him, the more I really like that dude. So thanks again for the NFL uh, championship, the Super Bowl win over the Pats a couple years ago. Nick, you were forever enshrined in the Eagles Hall of Fame. So, anywho, 
at least the fandom Hall of Fame is what I would call it. So, yeah, the Colts beat them 33-13. They're back to their winning ways. Uh, got that one correct, as did 67% of other people. Saints-Bucks, 34-17. Saints, for whatever reason, came off that brain fart week against the Falcons last week, and they won, took care of business. I think Jameis threw, like, two touchdowns and four interceptions or something. It's crazy. His ratio is out of control. Uh, Jets spanked the Redskins because they're just a total dumpster fire. Woohoo! They are the laughing stock, as always, of the NFC East. Feels great, man. So Jets won there, 34-17. Actually, decent amount of scoring there. Then the next one was uh, not as close as I think people anticipated, but the outcome was not surprising. The Ravens beat the Texans 41-7. to Wow. The Ravens are real, folks. Uh, Lamar Jackson was spotted on the sideline with some shades on, just chilling in like the third or fourth quarter. Just chilling. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But yeah, the Ravens are the real deal. Look out. I'm excited about them. They're a fun team to watch. The Texans, they're now six and four. I mean, they're just still just, they can't quite piece everything together. They've had a good amount of injuries, though, too. So there's that. Cardinals, 49ers. Holy crap, the Cardinals were like up, and it was neck and neck, back and forth the whole game. I could just be watching the score on the ticker on the bottom. Cardinals almost beat the 49ers. I was so excited. Uh, I did pick the 49ers, though. You know you know, you know, know how I like Kyler Murray by this time, if you've listened to For This Deep and you've heard my other NFL uh, podcast episodes. But the Cardinals ultimately won, couldn't quite get it, or lost, couldn't get over that hump. Uh, they lost 26 to 36. Uh, but once again, like I said, I got the rest of the picks right. So these are all correct. This is a celebration, folks. Then we got Bengals Raiders. Bengals put up, kept it closer. Uh, they're still over. Hoping, I don't know why I'm wanting an over team this season, but I am. And I'm, so I'm looking at you, Cincinnati. Keep it up. Get that top draft pick. Anywho, Raiders won 17 to 10. Uh, they're actually middle of the pack, doing not bad. Then a really hard game for me to watch, and another this is this one might this one's even worse than the the Cowboys pick being right. Is I picked against the Eagles because they were playing the Pats, you know, and I was hoping for a close game. I got a close game. Uh, my pick was right, unfortunately, but also at the same time, yay. So, so bittersweet. 17 to 10. If you watch that game at all, you saw how the Eagles just gave it up in so many different aspects and how Nelson Aguilar, which I found out statistically, like two, three different sources. I think it's I think it was two in this article I read. He's ranked out of out of receivers that play at least 25% of the team's snaps. He's ranked dead. Last 66 out of 66 and 124 out of 124. Two different sites, two different sources, but and then they go back the last like five years and he's been in the bottom five receivers uh, among like active receivers in that scenario for the last five years outside of 2017 when he got on a hot streak. This man sucks. Cut him, get rid of him. I'm tired of his cancer in our receiving core. It's already struggles enough. We don't need we don't need the biggest turd of, of, of a receiver across the NFL just plaguing an already plagued and, and struggling receiving core. Oh, my gosh. Had the deep ball there, just couldn't quite track it, got his hands on it, didn't make the catch. So many. But I, there were other things. There were other things. There was fumbles. There was, Carson Wentz got sacked like six times. There were other problems. Don't get me wrong. 
But that one seems to like he's making key drops and things like that. it. Just oh, it's frustrating. Anywho, Bears Rams. Uh, Rams took care of business here, seventeen to seven. Bears continue to struggle. Rams, I say, are underwhelming overall. Then another surprising close one, if you will. The Chiefs Chargers on Monday Night Football. Chiefs took care of business. Phillip Rivers looked like his stuttery foot sidearm self. Uh, put up a fight, 24-17, to 17, but ultimately the Chiefs won. So, like I said, got 12 picks right, feeling good, only got the first two games of the week wrong. So let's move on to this week and prepare to be disappointed. Coming off a hot streak here. Oh, yeah. First one Thursday night. Ooh. I don't know how this is going to pan out. Uh, So tomorrow slash tonight, whenever I decide to, it'll be, it'll technically be tonight if you're listening to this, but I'm recording day before. So prior to Colts, Texans in Houston. Looks like most people are picking the Texans for a bounce back, but uh, the Colts are that Colts are that sleeper team. Like I said, all season, I don't necessarily like to pick against them. They did just get trounced, so they should be fired up, especially if they're at home. Last week, the first two games were crazy upsets. I don't see that happening again. While most people picked the Texans, the Colts won last week. Texans lost big. I'm gonna go with Texans. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the majority here. And we're going to, yeah, we're going to see what happens. I mean, the Colts winning to me wouldn't be an upset. upset. They're both 6-4, and four, so it's kind of a 50-50 shot, really, to get this one right. Then we got, oh, this one, also another kind of 50-50 shot. Bucks, Falcons, most people, based off the last two weeks, most people picking the Falcons, but I don't know. I could see the Bucks putting up a fight and the Falcons laying a big goose egg. They're hot, though, so I picked against them the last two weeks, and they screwed me over. So maybe if I pick them this week, they'll screw me over again probably. Anyways, (laughs) I'm going to go with the Falcons along with most everybody else, just mainly just because they're at home, and so they should play well. Broncos, Bills. This one's in Buffalo, but the Broncos are used to a similar thing. Uh, Buffalo's got a stout defense. It's going to upset this rookie quarterback who I can never remember his name. But I think think it'll be a relatively good game, but I think the Bills will win. I'm going to take the favorite on this one. Giants, Bears. All right, you got people picking the Bears. Most people, most of you guys pick the Bears. And I know the Giants, I'm cheering for the Giants to get that draft pick. And, you know, so I want them to lose, obviously. However, I'm going to pick this as an upset. This one's getting my upset pick. Going upset. Yeah, definitely getting my upset pick. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I think the Giants are going to upset the Bears. People are too confident in this Bears team that is really lackluster, and Danny Dimes come out and do some magical stuff, all right? Heed my word right now. I normally wouldn't pick the Giants because, I, like I said, I want them to have that draft pick. They're trash, and, and, and you know, I want, I want the best for them, the best draft pick for them. So, Connor, you may be mad at this pick, but I do have to pick some upsets here, and that's what I'm feeling. Steelers-Bengals. Come on, Steelers. Bounce back. I don't think Juju's going to be back. I don't know if James Conner's going to be back, but that defense is stout enough, and Cincinnati sucks enough that – I think they can get by. It'll be like a 7-3 game or 17-3, something. Uh, Dolphins-Browns. Hoorah. Browns look good last week. Maybe they're kind of stringing it together. The Dolphins just suck. I'm going to go with the favorite here, the Browns, along with 95% of everyone else. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, as I'm scanning over, and I'm scanning over these games, 
I'm wondering if any of the games I've already picked would be our non-buy bye week game of the week. There's some good candidates here. I'm going to finish the picks, and then we'll choose it officially. So, Lions-Redskins. You know, that one might be the... Oh, that one's a good pick, possibly. Hmm. Yeah, because Matthew Stafford's out. Skins are a revolving door. There's nothing interesting going on here. The non-buy bye week game of the week is Lions or Redskins. The struggle bus Lions against the dumpster fire Redskins. Here we go. I'm going to pick the Lions. They're going to win. But the Redskins, uh, yeah, and the Redskins suck. That's all I need to say about that. Then we got Raiders-Jets, another game I really don't care about that much. The Jets did put up 34 points last week. It was against the Dolphins, though. So, you know, I really don't. The Raiders are looking pretty good. Going with Oakland here. Going with the the face-painted, spike-pad-wearing Raiders. All right. Panthers-Saints. You would think would be a good game, and I think maybe. The Panthers put up an abysmal performance. Both these teams lost to the Falcons sometime in the last two weeks. So, telltale sign, maybe. The Saints are going to win. I'm taking the favorite here. But I think the Panthers are going to put up a good fight. I think that'll be a good game. I could be wrong. The Panthers could be falling apart at the seams as we know it per the loss to the Falcons last week. We'll find out. Next up, we've got a battle of the birds at the link. Seahawks-Eagles. I don't know what to think of the Eagles anymore. Yeah, the Seahawks aren't great, but Russell Wilson having an MVP-type year and finding a way to get these wins. I think, though, I hope, though, <laughs> I should say, the Eagles will bounce back and figure out the offense that looked so good for the first drive that just didn't do anything else at all the rest of the entire game. That was redundant. The rest of the game. I don't know what's going on. I think it's the offensive coordination, the flow of the offense, the system that we're running, it's just total crap. Signed Ajaye, apparently. Signed Jordan Matthews. Like We're making some late-season moves to make up for some injuries, try and fill some gaps, get some guys in here who are familiar. I'm going to take the upset, though. I think the Eagles are going to squeak it out. I think I think they're going to string together the bounce, a nice bounce-back win, still battling for the NFC East in a playoff spot here. Uh, the Seahawks are 8-2, and two, so they've pretty much secured it as far as I know. I need to check on that. We'll have to start talking playoff talk the next few weeks. I'll have to figure that one out. Anyways, then you got Jags-Titans, another game I really don't care about. Uh, I'm going to cheer for my boy Nick Foles here, and I'm going to pick the upset. I'm picking against the Titans. Um, Titans are the favorite in this, about a 70-30 split, but I'm going to go upset and go with the Jags. I feel like I'm I'm picking a little bit loose and fast here, a little run-and-gun style picking, just confidently picking some upsets here. At least that's how I sound. I'm extremely apprehensive on the inside because I could could have another six-point pick week and totally just fall off the wagon again. All right, then we got Cowboys-Patriots. I'm going Patriots. Look, I think the Cowboys are going to put up a good fight, but I think that defense is going to rattle. I repeat, he's going to rattle the Cowboys. I don't trust them, all right? I don't trust them at all. If they beat the Patriots, I'm going to be extremely upset. This is one where I can go with my gut and my head. It's awesome. Pats all day. Packers 49ers, this should be a fun game. 
I think the Niners are going to take another loss, so I think the Packers are going to string something together. It's going to be exciting. It's about a 50-50 split on the picks. This is a game that can go either way. It's 8-2 and two versus 9-1. and 49ers almost lost to the Cardinals last week. Cardinals are the bad team that can't get over the hump and finish games. So you could juxtapose that Packers come in. They're, one, they're a really good team and could and can get over the hump, can win games. If you give, them, if you, if you give up too many mistakes, they'll make you pay, and you could ultimately lose. And then last but not least, Monday night game, which if this was week one, we would say, wow, what an exciting, well, actually, no. Week like three or four, I think we would still say it was a really, really exciting matchup. Ravens, Rams. Sure, the Rams are going to put up a fight. I think the Ravens are going to stomp them, though. Well, maybe not stomp them. It might be kind of a good game, but Jared Goff gets rattled so easily now, and he's total trash. He only scored seven fantasy points last week. Total trash. You hear me, Jared Goff? Total trash. So I'm um, going with the Ravens. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens gonna gonna show out here. All right, so that's my picks for the week, the upcoming week. Let me know your picks. Shoot in an email talking about anything and everything. Like I said, I am going to do my best to remember to link the articles on the Colin Kaepernick nonsense in the description so you can check those out and know which ones I'm referencing. One of them is pretty long. It's about the waivers. The other one's about the collusion case. And uh, I think I might be able to find a third really easily about the, I'm just about the workout in general, but we would love to hear your, your feedback on what you thought of the workout. If you, you know, I agree with, I'm in the camp with Stephen A. Smith, who this dude just wants to be a martyr at this point. He really doesn't want to play, doesn't care about this. He just cares about causing a fuss and causing some headlines. So he re- if he really, really cared about playing, he would do whatever it, he needed to play, but he is, feels entitled some way shape or form to for whatever reason and it's just it's just nonsense so that's gonna be all for today's nfl episode this week's nfl episode let me know your picks any of your thoughts the rambling viking at gmail.com and until next time guys we'll see you later